Welcome to the Homefront Podcast. I'm your host, Tori McQueen. I'm a realtor, an entrepreneur, a mom to five, and a bold dreamer, always on a mission to turn nothing into something. Have you ever wondered how all these other entrepreneurs do it all? Can they actually have a successful and thriving business while also having a happy home life? Here, we dig into the real stories on how to run a biz and a home life, how to scale and grow, and how to manage parenting and relationships without sacrificing your home life or happiness. After all, isn't that what matters most? Let's get to it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. And today we're going to get nice and dirty because we're going to talk about ego. Okay. So I have my own struggles with ego, but I've been getting better throughout the years the more I learned about myself. But as women entrepreneurs, we all want to be successful in both our personal and our professional lives. But sometimes our own egos can get in the way and can actually hold us back from reaching our full potential, whether that be, you know, with making money or making good relationships or friendships with other moms, whatever it may be. And today, I'd like to explore the importance of ego, first of all, and the challenges that it can bring for female entrepreneurs specifically in business and in motherhood and some signs to look for to determine if our egos are actually getting the best of us. Um, there could be you know, too much ego and there could be not enough ego. So it's hard to figure out what that proper balance is. But don't worry, we're also going to cover some of the effective strategies to help release our egos so that they don't negatively impact our success. And I'm going to share some vulnerable stuff and struggles that I deal with when it comes to ego as well. So first off, why is ego so important, right? The ego is a critical part of our psychological makeup, serving as our sense of self and helping us to navigate the world around us. It helps us to set boundaries and make decisions and protect ourselves from harm. However, when our egos become overinflated, they can prevent us from seeing the world objectively and hinder our ability to connect with others. Neither a strong ego nor a weak ego is inherently worse, but they can have negative consequences and impact one's relationships and decision making. So for instance, a strong ego can really lead to an overinflated sense of self, an unwillingness to listen to others and tendency to make decisions based on one's own desires rather than considering the needs and opinions of others. Whereas a weak ego can lead to low self-esteem, a lack of confidence, and inability to make decisions and assert oneself. So clearly, there's got to be a balance in there, right? In both cases, it's important to work on developing a healthy sense of self and a balanced approach to decision-making, considering both one's own needs and desires, as well as the needs and opinions of others. This can help minimize the negative impact of either a strong or weak ego. Now, uh, does that just feel like mumbo-jumbo and like, oh my gosh, in my head, I think... I'm never going to have the perfect ego. That, that's, that's like, I know that's a negative thing to say, but I also think it's so exhausting to hear, oh, don't have too strong of an ego. Don't have too weak of an ego. It's kind of something that we battle, especially as women and as mothers, because not only are we thinking of our own ego, 
but we also are thinking of fostering little human beings and what we should do to foster their ego. It's loaded, right? Well, you're not alone, okay? And let me share some of the challenges that female entrepreneurs in business and in motherhood specifically, and I know other people can relate to this also, but because a lot of my audience is business and deals with motherhood, I wanted to touch on these. So as female entrepreneurs, it can be easy for our egos to get in the way of our success, especially when we're trying to balance the demands of both business and motherhood. So here are some common challenges that female entrepreneurs face when their egos get the best of them. So number one, being overly attached to our own ideas, right? We all want to be seen as knowledgeable and capable, but when our egos are in control, we may become overly attached to our own ideas and opinions, even if they're not the best course of action. And I will say, and we're going to get back to this, I can be guilty of this. Number two, difficulty collaborating with others. An overinflated ego can also make it difficult for us to collaborate effectively with others. We may be too focused on our own needs and wants and not enough on the needs of the team or a project. And number three, struggling to admit mistakes. Our egos can also make it difficult for us to admit when we're wrong. We may feel like admitting a mistake is a sign of weakness, but in reality, it's a sign of strength and integrity. And I will say that on numbers two and three, I've gotten a lot better at collaborating with others, like really understanding what my weaknesses are and what others' strengths are and how to work best together has gotten so much easier for me. And then the struggling to admit mistakes, like, oh gosh, I completely own up to majority of the mistakes that I make. And I even do that to my kids. So like when I make a mistake and it's in front of my children or in front of my you know, work peers, I don't feel bad about admitting my mistakes anymore. And also letting them know, like, I'm just a person, like I make mistakes. And so that I have worked on over the years and have got better at. But the being overly attached to our own ideas, I mean, anybody who knows me knows I can come up with an idea a minute. And sometimes the ideas aren't necessary. Nobody asks for my ideas. They just come floating out of nowhere When someone starts talking about something and hear pop in A to Z ideas on how they can best do their thing. We'll get back to that. (laughs) It's kind of cringeworthy, but we'll get back to it. So here are some other signs also that our egos are getting in the way that you can look out for. So feeling like you always have to be in control. Having difficulty accepting constructive criticism defensiveness. If we find ourselves becoming defensive when others criticize or question us, it may be a sign that our egos are at play. And again, here's another thing that I may be slightly guilty of in some areas of my life, personally and professionally. Rigidity. When you're overly attached to our opinions and unwilling to consider alternative perspectives, it can be a sign that our egos are getting in the way too. And the last but not least, blaming. If we are quick to blame others for our mistakes or challenges, it may be a sign that our egos are preventing us from taking responsibility for our own actions. Oh, that's a lot. And I don't know how many of those you can relate to, but more than one time in my life, I probably dealt with all of these, right? Self-check-ins where some of these are things that I struggled with. I've gotten better throughout the years, but again, like I said, struggling to 
um, you know, always have to be in control. Like that is something that I struggle with. And like I said, my opinions and ideas, that is something that I struggle with also. So, and defensiveness. If we find ourselves being defensive when others criticize, every now and then I'll sense that urge of like, but uh, uh, this or that or defending myself or, or something. And there's always a reason behind that. When I go back to reflect on myself, I go back to the, why did I feel the need to defend? Like, what is that exactly? And usually it goes back to fear or control. So again, we're going to dive into my issues there, my challenges, I should say, that I'm focusing on, but that is something that I've noted as well. So now that we kind of know this list of things to look for, what can we do to release our egos and allow them to work for us rather than against us? Here are some effective strategies that we can try. So number one is self-reflection. So take some time to reflect on your thoughts and behaviors and identify areas where your ego may be getting in the way, right? I do this time and time again, like if somebody, you know, if I'm thinking even somebody's judging me or something, then I'm like, okay, well, why do I think that? Like, where is that coming from? Am I, am I telling myself these stories that aren't even true, right? Um, am I in my own head? So there's that. And then two, practice active listening. When we're focused on our own needs and wants, we may forget to listen to others. And by practicing active listening, we can gain a better understanding of, of others' perspectives and avoid letting our egos get in the way. Oh, I've been practicing this one also because I get so excited, guys. And here I am with a podcast, just chit-chatting away. Um, but that's also what I'm loving about interviewing others is that I actually get to sit and listen. Listen to how other people are doing their business, listening to how they do it all and sharing it for everyone because I am constantly learning and I know that that's something that I can work on. So number three, embrace vulnerability. Admitting when you're wrong or don't know the answer and that takes courage, but it also is a powerful way to release our egos. By embracing our vulnerability, we can build stronger relationships and be more successful in both our personal and professional lives. And then four, mirroring. The self-mirroring technique involves reflecting on our own thoughts and behaviors and asking ourselves questions like, would I want someone else to treat me this way? Or would I be proud to share this behavior with anybody else? By regularly practicing the self-mirroring, we can become more self-aware and better able to release our egos. So this is another thing that um, I am really, really working on because I think that a lot of times I catch myself, right, looking at what someone else is doing and then I think a certain thought. And I'm like, well, why am I thinking that? And so not only am I comparing, but then I'm also understanding, okay, why do I feel the need to think that? Why are my instincts to think that? So I turn the mirror back on myself and I just become more self-aware and better understanding, okay, why are my thoughts leading in that direction? And then that's where I can start identifying how I can change those thoughts. The talk less, listen more. Okay, so when we're overly focused on our own opinions, it can be difficult to truly understand others' perspectives. 
by talking less and listening more, we can gain better understanding of those around us and avoid letting our egos get in the way. These last two are the biggest for me. So in part of mirroring and part of talking less and listening more, I notice that I am always wanting to share my opinion. Like, I don't know if it's something that social media came out to where I wasn't around people for a while and I always needed to share an opinion, but I think I've had it for a really, really long time. And so I was curious, right? I've started to notice like that as being more of a flaw than more of a strength. And so I was curious and I was diving into this while self-reflecting and I was asking myself, why is it that I always want to share my opinion? And so as I'm like diving in and researching, there's like lots of reasons why, you know, people want to share their opinions. So like it could be sense of control. Sharing opinions can give a person a sense of control over a situation or conversation by expressing their thoughts. And then I could shape the conversation or impact the opinions of others. And that I naturally like, just like I like open topics. I like controversy. I like debates. Not because I want to be right, but because I want to understand where others are coming from. But then not just that. Why do I want to understand that? It's because I want them to understand me and where I'm coming from also. And so I want to share that opinion and then possibly like alter their opinions or have them alter my opinions. I, I really do like that back and forth, but it doesn't always work that way, right? I want that sense of control in conversation, but it doesn't always happen that way. So it, it tends to overpower people or people don't like it. I can tell. <laughs> so two, emotional expression. Sharing opinions can be a way of expressing emotions such as frustration, anger, excitement, you know, uh, passion. And I think that's true for me. I do like to share an opinion because it's part of me. People get to know me and I'm not a very surface level person. Like, I want people to understand who I am as a person, even if it's the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And the same for other people. I think that by me sharing an opinion, I feel like it'll bring out other people sharing their opinions. And again, that's not always the case because people are sometimes more private than I am, which is totally fine. But I realize emotional expression is also a reason why I like to share opinions. And then desire to connect. So for some, sharing opinions may be a way to connect with others. And it's a thousand percent true with me. I believe that expressing my thoughts will help others understand them better and build a better relationship and the same for others. So when I'm expressing my opinion, it's almost as if I, I it's like an open invitation for other people to express their opinions back at me, but it doesn't always work that way right? Just like the open conversation and wanting to open debate, people don't like it. Or not everyone, but some people are, but people have to be just as open to having their opinions coming out. But not a lot of people, or not all the people, I should say, I'm talking in absolutes, but I don't mean it in that way. But I think that for me, expressing my opinion makes me feel like I'm becoming closer with someone because they're either going to know me better, get to know me better, or I'm going to get to know them better, no matter good or bad, right? So I feel like it builds a better relationship, which again, is a flawed thought probably. <laughs> um, 
And then need for validation. So some people may feel the need to share their opinions in order to seek validation or affirmation from others. I think a lot of people do this on social media. Like they want to post just so that they can get other people to like their stuff. I feel less of a need for this than the others. Hey there, let's take a brief moment to acknowledge our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by eXp Realty, one of the fastest growing real estate companies in the world, cloud-based and built for the future. It empowers realtors to scale in their businesses and lives beyond what a typical local transaction could. This is the company I personally hang my real estate license with along with my entire team. If you're a broker owner or a realtor like me and want to join in on the fun or interested in learning more about this awesome company, click the link in the show notes or go to my website at torymcqueen.com slash partner in real estate. That's torymcqueen.com slash partner in real estate. Let's get back to the show. And then the other reason that people may want to always share their opinion is the desire to influence. Like sharing opinions can be a way of trying to influence others, whether it's to convince them to adopt a particular viewpoint or to change their behavior. And this is kind of goes along with um, the desire to like gain control or even the connection one. Like I can relate to this and it kind of reminds me, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be an attorney because I like to debate and get people to see my viewpoint. And I could totally see how that would be something that my ego can kick in and a reason for wanting to share my opinion, like overly share my opinion. So I'm aware of that. It's important to recognize, though, that sharing opinions can be a positive and healthy part of building relationships and engaging in meaningful conversations. And I know this, but it's also important for me or anyone else to be mindful of how and when opinions are shared and to respect the opinions of others, even when they differ from mine. Now, I'm pretty good at understanding like people's opinions, but I, I think what happens is, is like I mentioned, the desire to influence or the desire to like understand or connect with people more and build a closer relationship. I don't like surface level. So what happens is, is I want people's opinions. So they may or may not want to give them to me. So I overshare mine and then it digs it out of them. But then I want to understand the meaning behind their opinions. And that is where my ego, I think, comes in because it's that over selfish need to want to understand them better while also wanting them to understand me better. So anyways, in doing this self-reflection, I dive into these levels of why until I can't really go any further. So what that looks like is I'll ask myself a question like, okay, well, why do I do this? Like if I say, why is this important? I, I dig into the why and then I keep going from there. So for example, why do I feel the need to insert my opinions? So from there, my answer is, well, if I don't have an opinion, then it means either I don't care or I don't have enough knowledge to share. Okay, well, why do you need to have knowledge to share? Or, you know, why is that? And so then I dive into that. Well, if I can't share my knowledge, then a decision really can't be made. And I'm like, okay, well, why does a decision need to be made? And I know I sound crazy at this point, right? But I just keep going into the whys. So the answer to that is, why does a decision need to be made? Well, if I can't make a decision, 
then I can't make a change. Well, why does there need to be a change? If you can hear it, hence the control. Why, why do I need to control decisions here? Well, my why is if you cannot make a change, then you're not in control. Boom. You guys, cringe were the. It's control. So because I share my opinion so that I can have control over the conversation, over the relationship, over like how deep we get and how well we get to know each other about, you know, decisions that are being made about the outcome, like it's control, right? So my realization is that I've been so great at letting go of like control in my own world, like at home and like with business and when stuff goes to craziness, right? I'm like, oh, it's fine. Everything's normal. Like that's kind of my coping mechanism of learning to let things go that I can't control and releasing the uncontrollable there, right? In my own life and around me. But what I realized was happening is I was then offering my opinion up because I was inserting myself into other people's lives to seek control over their stuff. Ah, gross. Isn't that gross, you guys? Okay. So I've worked so hard on personal development and my own ego and like trying to understand that, that this is the biggest thing that I've been focused on lately is the, the opinions thing, right? Because I'm self-aware enough to know it. Well, how does that sound? That I want to share my opinion so that I can have more control of other people's lives and decisions because I don't have control in mine, so I want to control others, right? So I let go of mine. So now I get to go through the process of letting go of others. I cannot control my life, every single aspect of my life. I can control some things, obviously. I can control mine. But letting go of the things I cannot control in my life wanted me to attach on to the things I can try to control in other people's lives. God, it's so gross, especially when I say it out loud. But I'm being vulnerable and telling you that this is something that I'm actively working on. So that is what I'm actively working towards, keeping quiet and listening more. And here I am, ironically speaking at you through a microphone where I can't hear what you have to say. But I wanted to share that because I know that nobody's perfect and we are all working on something. And yeah, so that's something that I'm working on when it comes to the dark and heavy ego. Not taking control of the thoughts and opinions of others by sharing mine, unless I'm asked. So there's a difference there. If someone asks me my opinion, I will give it. But to better understand people by listening, is what will get me that fulfillment of really getting to know people instead of asserting an opinion to get to know people. And then also to better understand myself, I can start mirroring. And by mirroring, I mean, I can start looking back at, okay, how would I feel if I acted this way? 
or what am I projecting by thinking this of someone else or or whatnot? So I'm understanding myself better through mirroring while I'm getting to know other people by listening. It's important to recognize that our egos can get in the way and we can take steps to release our egos so that they're working for us rather than against us. So whether it's through self-reflection, practicing active listening, embracing vulnerability, self-mirroring, or talking less and listening more, there are many strategies that can help us release our egos and be more successful in both our professional and our personal lives. So I'm hoping these tips help, and I hope this conversation helps you feel less alone on your journey uh, with ego. Thanks for listening to my vulnerable TED Talk on ego and the challenges that I'm facing with it. I'm hoping that you guys understand that ego is something that could be great, but also something that can totally get in the way, whether it be with your relationships, with your kids, your husbands, your friends, or just business and success in general. I've used to deal with ego, you know, going back to my childhood and what I thought about money because of my ego, right? So thinking that, you know, money was bad or because I didn't care about money, it meant I was better than everyone else and I had my priorities straight. You know, there's a lot of crazy nonsense that our ego throws in the mix and gets us all confused and gets us on the wrong path. Usually the wrong path based on what we actually want. You are not alone and we can always put our egos in check. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Homefront Podcast, where happiness is our true profit. If you enjoyed today's chat, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This helps us to learn, grow, and reach more listeners. Join me again next week as we drop new stories, experiences, and game-changing tips for your home front and biz. As always, here empowering you in business and in life. Until next time.